Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. Hey, laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're also joined by friend of the show, longtime guest, Pete Morrison from MandalorianWars.com. Pete, welcome back to the show. It's always a pleasure to be with you guys. Uh, thanks for having me on again. I'm excited to talk about the, one of the better episodes of the series. Yeah, so we're talking about Season 1, Episode 20 of The Resistance, titled No Escape Part 1. Uh, I'm just going to assume there's a part two. Uh, if not, it's a yeah. l- weird title. But It uh, would be a heck of a cliffhanger going into next season. Yeah. But uh, in that case, uh, Tom, I think there's a couple of announcements. And by yeah. Tom, I mean William. Yes, I'm going to play the role of Tom Go today. for it. No. <laughs> um, yeah, go for it. So uh, as as we expected, there we are going to get panels for... Um, uh, the Clone Wars and Resistance, but we're also getting a Rebels panel at Celebration as well, which is really exciting. Uh, they're going to happen Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Saturday will be the Rebels remem- Remembered panel, uh, where they'll kind of look back on the series. And um, they they were made very clear after last summer there will not be an announcement of this of a new series or or Rebels returning. Um, in, in this panel. It's not going to happen. Don't get your hopes up. They're very clear in the press release and on Twitter and everything. Um, but <laughs> okay. I think it'll be a really so, nice... Uh-huh. Okay, so let's let's start speculating. Do we think this is this new show set up after Return of the Jedi? Do we think it's before? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... I'm staying out the of funny thing is, like, guys. I'm not going to be there. Technically, they said at this panel. But... <laughs> Um, <laughs> okay, but they just, well, after the Clone Wars being re, re, no, you know revived, we need to spend hours talking about. Yeah, exactly. At this panel, what could that mean? Does that mean there's another panel? There are two other animation panels. There right? are, yes. Uh, yeah. So, and, and technically, they they said series. They didn't say animated movies or animated that's, miniseries. I mean, if we want to get really technical, so you've that's heard it true. So Rebels, Rebels remembered will... confirmed. Uh, <laughs> Uh, speculation, speculation, speculation. Uh, and the internet nope, goes wild. Not, the, not, not believing it. That's yeah. the title of this episode when we put it out, right? Rebels movie confirmed. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, announcing Saturday at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, and then Sunday. I have no part of this. Sunday, uh, we're getting a Clone Wars panel, which is where they'll share a sneak peek at the, the, the new and final season coming to Disney Plus later this year, which is really exciting. Um, I am so bummed. I'm I'm not going to be there because I would love to see that panel. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then on Monday, we're going to get a resistance panel where they'll talk about the season finale and give us a preview of the second season with um, the executive producer Justin Ridge, Athena Portillo, Brandon Amon, and the cast, including Chris Michon, Susie McGrath, Scott Lawrence, Mira, Mirna Velasco, and Donald Faison. Um, and at the Clone Wars panel, we're going to be getting Dave Filoni, Vanessa Marshall, uh, sorry. Rebels, uh, Vanessa Marshall, Tia Sarkar, and Taylor Gray. So, really cool um, lineup there. So, those three panels should be really exciting. Pete, are you, are you going to celebration? Uh, I am not, unfortunately. Ah, so, I'm going to be doing CouchCon, and I'm just going to be watching <laughs> what I can on YouTube. In some ways, it's almost Pete, easier keep to cover company. remotely. <laughs> I will definitely yeah. keep you company. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we we ended up buying a house recently, so it was kind of. Uh, Yep. Celebration was kind of put on the back burner. <laughs> that that makes it difficult, That's, but yeah. congratulations. Thank Reasonable, you. but yeah. Responsible adulthood and all that. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, exactly. welcome to do? adulthood, man. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> you know, the the one odd thing about this the timing, I mean, is that um so so for those of you who uh who may not remember Star Wars Celebration is 5 days this year, but the first day Thursday is more of a a preview day where you can go in and um check out the expo hall and you can Go buy um, uh, buy stuff at the celebration store, but there's gonna be no panel. So the panels start Friday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. My guess is that the episode nine panel will be on Friday. We might get like a Mandalorian panel Friday or Saturday, but it's kind of sad that the Resistance panel, the current series, is actually on Monday, the last day. And typically, the last day is a lot quieter and there's fewer people. 
Um, people are flying home uh, Sunday night or, or, or on Monday. And um, it, it's kind of the conventions usually I'll say dead, you know, uh, <laughs> typically that's Sunday at past celebrations and you walk around and things are very quiet. Um, so it's kind of unfortunate that the resistance panel is happening then, especially given all of the awesome stuff that's happening in the series now. Um, also, uh, big news, um, Star Wars, we have, we got the, man, it's in every episode now, um, the, <laughs> the more well. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge news, it's going to launch May 31st at Disneyland and on August 29th at Hollywood Studios in Florida for the Disneyland location for the first month, um, through, I think June 24th, uh, you will need a special reservation in order to access the land, but thankfully it will be at no additional cost. So, you know, we'd speculated that they might try to charge for entry into Galaxy's Edge, which would be unfortunate. And thankfully, they're not doing that. And if you're at a hotel, you get um, access, uh, you get a free reservation uh, with your stay guaranteed. So that sounds really, really cool. Uh, the only other downside is that everything will be open, though. The whole, the whole land will be open, uh, and Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, the first ride, um, when uh, the, the the park launches in Anaheim and Orlando. But Rise of the, of the Resistance, the, the second ride, will not be up open until later this year. So you'll have to go back. You guys excited? Hmm. Anyone <laughs> oh, planning yeah. on going? I, I seriously think I want to be the guy from Star Wars Resistance, because you see him in this episode where he's at the bar with that big old mustache, goggles <laughs> on his head, white yep. hair. I want to be in Uga's Cantina just sitting there as that guy. That's it. Oh, yeah. That'd it's, be awesome. it's a great goal, Tom. Oh, totally. <laughs> set totally, your, totally, totally. Set your, uh, set your sights high. Absolutely. Words I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have already previewed the cast member uniforms, right, Tom? So you could probably like make one and sort of sneak in there. I, I'm, I well, <laughs> just well, blend in, just join the I cast. Can, I can, I can try. I don't know, Tom. With I think you can pull it off. I, I probably can. can do it. I, I probably you can, can do it. I mean, they based the character on your likeness, right? I mean, uh, otherwise, too much of a coincidence. Well, for, for Tom, people I work Al, with, it's basically the same name. It, it, hang, for, for the people I work with, they would probably think otherwise. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I like to I like to joke with them. So, but yeah. but Tom, anyway. tell us uh, what are we going to be talking about this week? Well, what we're going to be talking about in tonight's episode, it's going to be season one, episode twenty, titled "No Escape Part One." This is written by Brandon Oman and directed by Stuart Lee. In this episode, the part one of a two-part-ter, sorry, Kaz and his friends devise a plan to break out Tam, Doza, and Jaeger. But before they can, troopers begin bearing down on Kaz and CB-23 as soon, uh, uh, as soon as they are on their own. Kaz unites with Tora to save their friends and family, but they soon bear witness to the full might of the First Order. And I will say this, I had to bring my son in here to watch this, and I, I I sat there and I go, they went there, and they went there, and it was amazing what they did with it. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, fi- finally they finally got there. But yeah. before we dive into the episode itself, I mean, um, Pete, we were talking about before the show that we actually we haven't had you on since the uh, the the beginning of season four of Rebels, so it's been about a year and a half. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Resistance so far? I'm mean, just curious. Uh, well, visually, I love the show. Um, the animation style and the color palette and the lighting, I really, I just mm-hmm. totally dig about what they're doing. Uh, sound effects, I get a kick out of voice acting solid. Um, my Probably my biggest critique of the show is it has been a very slow burn getting mm-hmm. to where we are mm-hmm. now. And the characterization for with the exception of a few characters um, and especially until recently, there hasn't been a ton of characterization for most of the surrounding cast. Um, So I was a little down on that. And then the other big issue I had was that I feel like they, they play Kaz a little too much like a Chevy chase SNL skit. It's a little too much. (laughs) Interesting. It's, it's uh, like, he's basically the Gerald Ford character. He's bumbling. Yeah. He's stumbling. Okay. But at the same time, he's supposed to be a new Republic fighter pilot. 
Mm-hmm. So unless they establish that it's pure nepotism that he got <laughs> into the Navy on, it, it doesn't, it's sort of like is a little discordant to me with his characterization. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise I've, I've really enjoyed the series. And now that we're starting to get moving in the latter half of the season, it's actually got some narrative momentum to it. It feels like it's really picking up and getting more exciting. Totally, totally agree. It mm-hmm. feels like almost a, like a different show in the last three, four episodes. Yep. Um, yeah. <clears throat> they've really accelerated things and it's, it's real. It's, it's exciting. I'm, uh, uh, I, I love to see where, where they're going. Yeah. Um, so, the the episode picks up immediately after the um, descent, and the Colossus is still underwater when we have Imperial patrols searching all over for the Resistance spies. Um, and uh, I, I thought it was really cool to see just like the the establishing shots and uh, how we got to see the marketplace kind of abandoned and, and mm-hmm. dripping water through the leaky you know roof quote unquote um although i can that makes me concerned that maybe they may it may not be as airtight and and space worthy <laughs> as uh <laughs> well what i loved about it when you saw the underwater shot was let's call them the the glow sharks or whatever they were because for a second there i almost they were first order mini subs mm-hmm. but then you realize once you're watching it no those are actual creatures that are there which is pretty cool and the condensation could just be that uh, I mean, the the dripping from the roof, it may be airtight. It could just be condensation because we don't know how long it's actually been sitting underneath the water, how many days, how many hours or whatever. Uh, it hasn't so, been that long. Yeah, but still, if it's a cold water condensation on the roof, it's a it's That's possible. That's a valid, valid point, though. Yeah. Point. I mean, there's something later on in, this, in the show that kind of shows up thinking that it would have to be airtight if it's going to, if they're going to use what they showed later, uh, earlier, later, sorry. Yeah. True, very true. But um, yeah, you know the the entire season, we've been having that we've had this back and forth between Commander Pyre and Captain Doza, um, and you know initially Pyre kept trying to pretend as if he was on Doza's side, but at this point things really come to a head, and Pyre when when Doza kind of threatens Pyre um, with uh, you know reporting him to the New Republic. Pyre finally tries to arrest Doza. Um, what did you guys think of this this whole scene and the the subsequent uh, fight in Doza's office, Pete? Uh, well, we, once again, we get a very cool droid. Um, mm-hmm. But I was, we've seen in the past that he has a lot more security droids. It seems like on hand, so I'm wondering why there there wasn't more of those floating around. We didn't really see the rest of the little entourage that he usually has. Um, it was a cool scene and it's, it seems like as the seasons moved on, Pyre's moved further and further from one side of the desk to the other. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's just, it's just total, it's interesting to see just how total in control of the station he is at this point. And, and I would think it's possible when it comes to the other security droids, maybe the first order kind of, since they were taking over, had some malfunctions in them <laughs> to send down to where they needed to get repaired and left this one droid, which I think late, earlier on one of our podcasts, I mentioned about the possible "quote unquote" new order, new re, first order spy. Well, I think I had the uh, possibility she could have been one. She was taken out of that, so she's not a spy. No, she's no, she's yeah. not. And I, I have to say, I loved um, this whole time. We've kind of 4D M1N has been. I mean, there was there was that one moment where she got very protective of Tora. Uh, earlier on in the season, but it was really cool to see that she actually had all these hidden weapons like under her her, sh- her shoulders, like open up to reveal blasters, and she has these wrist blasters as well. It was really cool, um, mm. and a and a nice very touch. cool fight. Scene. I'm not yeah. sure why she switched to fists after like two <laughs> shots. <laughs> Out of ammo, possible. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe although, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so as a, as a result, the the attack doesn't go all that well, and Doza is ultimately uh, captured along with the rest of the Aces. We don't actually see that happen on screen, but Pyre says that they throw the arrest of the rest. I, of the aces I have a question well. for you, William. Yeah, uh, should we uh, should we perhaps pour out a forty for forty? <laughs> oh yes. Jeez. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> right. I, I have another uh, question, but it's a it's a serious question. Okay, Stephen. 
so, you know, Pyre orders the aces to be uh, brought up and taken into custody. Uh, and yet Tor is able to return to her room and send off her little cat creature to go and find uh, Kaz. And then no one seems to care that she seems to be missing for the rest of the episode. Well, if that were to happen, then how does the story get moved forward? I mean, okay, yes, Tom, you're correct. I know, I hate to to do this, but it's the logic of the story. It's like if she were to be captured, then, then the little whatever it was, I think it's more they there needed to be a scene showing uh, her avoiding stormtroopers or just, you know, otherwise being uh, it's possible she has special privileges being Doza's daughter, Uh, although Doza has now been thrown in prison as well. So I'm not really sure how that works. I don't think there's any special privileges for uh, prisoners (laughs) daughters at this point. (laughs) But either way, what? And. And technically, the only one getting the special privileges so far is Tam. Yeah, so, yeah. That's that's a that's interesting. What are your thoughts on the whole situation with Tam right now, and how Agent Tierney is kind of being all buddy buddy with her? <sighs> I get this feeling in part two she's going to be she's going to see the real First Order. It's it's getting to the point to where the first order is really coming out, especially Agent Tyr- uh, mm-hmm. Tyranny. Um, but Tam just doesn't see it yet. I think I, she's in denial. I'm not sure. You re- really? I I have a suspicion that we're gonna Tam might join the first order and become an antagonist for the next season. But mm. but don't you but don't you huh. also get the feeling when it comes I mean, to the first order they're going to use her at this point and then basically like let, let's just say put her in the brig because it because that's what the first order would probably do i don't she technically is not on their side i don't think so because based on that conversation later you know they mm-hmm. uh tam tam it, and agent tierney kind of run into yeager and, yeah and and tam is just very upset with him mm-hmm. and then um and then tierney talks to tam and you know, all of a sudden, and it basically says like, "Hey, I will, I will give you your dream, make your dreams come true, and let you be a pilot in mm-hmm. the first order." Mm-hmm. And she seems to be pondering that possibility. Well, not only that, but she curses out Yeager as well. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. she's Yeager tries to tell her that you know, hey, you're you are being manipulated, and, uh, and that's don't trust them, and, and she scoffs. And that's kind of how I'm I'm taking at least that aspect. Tortyranny is so manipulating her, trying to force her and saying, "This is what you're going to get. This is what you want. We're going to give all this stuff to you." But I get the feeling that okay, maybe she doesn't turn and join the resistance, but maybe it ends up that she will not get what she wants because the first order is going to basically, you know, her. You know, I can't say it because we want to keep this thing th- this clean, but they're going to turn on her. Yeah, that, that's See, the I, feeling I get, Pete. Yeah, yeah Pete, I'm not ahead. sure because like it, it's weird based on what we know about the first order's methodology about recruiting people. They, right. But there might be an exception for folks with special skills. Like they might, based on what they know, they might know that she's a good enough pilot that it'd be useful for them to take the, her in. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if she doesn't have that much information on like the resistance or on Kaz or any of those guys. Um, but based on, you know, just what we've seen in star Wars lately, it, it feels a little bit like lost stars where you could have characters that are mm-hmm. friends on both mm-hmm. sides. It yeah. also, it also reminds me a little bit of solo where as soon as Han gets promised, he's going to learn how to fly. The next scene you see him is getting blown away. <laughs> yeah, And, 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 and that's so, kind of, I take that same, that that same tact with this too. I mean, yeah, you we're gonna we're gonna put you on a Tie Fighter, but then she ends up battling somewhere else, and it's like this isn't what I signed up for. I mean, that's a possibility. I could see that. I I I do love the idea though of having Tam go against everyone else in mm-hmm. season two and ha- being mm-hmm. like that main antagonist. Just as or, would be, or, or, or one of them, or secondary, you know, pirate, secondary to pirate. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 like you said, it creates that, uh, Pete, it creates that nice lost stars dynamic. Now, mm-hmm. again, to your point, I don't know how they necessarily fit it in with the programming canon uh, piece, but maybe they make an exception, as, as, as you said. Um, but that just is really compelling 
to me. Mm-hmm. I think that would yeah, be I mean, awesome. So, you know, Tommy alluded to the fact that they very, they hint uh, throughout the episode or during the episode that, you know, uh, the station, the Colossus, is not just the space station. It also has the capability of, <laughs> you know, flying. Yeah. Uh, it is mobile. Um, do we think season two is just uh, basically, you know, Colossus in space is a mobile resistance hub with Tam and Pyre trying to track it down and destroy it? See, that would be interesting. I think it's that would exactly be very, very interesting. Because, you know, we were speculating about this last week. Um, and and now in this episode, we see that there is actually a hyper class two hyperdrive and boosters on the Colossus, which means it can go into space. It's a, it's a both a ship and a space station. And by the way, you've got to give it to Niku for discovering that. Yeah. On Kazan. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, but, yeah. But yeah. But, um, yeah. But I, I think and the first I think, order never really it never clicked on them. They're sitting here trying to figure out how do we raise the Colossus, but you know they can't sit there and look up and go, "Oh my, hey, look yeah. what we found." Yeah, but mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. And I, I that that whole premise is just I think is really cool. And you have the aces protecting the the Colossus. Yeah, and. Um, Kaz can go out on missions and they, they maybe they'll fly the Colossus different places on the mission or they'll use it just as a as a base, as a mobile base. As soon as the first order finds them, they can move somewhere else. I just really it's a really compelling story to me. I, I the funny thing idea. is it's and, got a it's got a Balasar Galactica slash Babylon five field to it when you look at it from that point of view. Or if you want to go to the other aspect, what's the the Star Trek version of that with the space station? Um, space nine. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Closer, yeah. Yeah. P- but then I Sorry, the other thing I'd add is, uh-huh. uh, depending on when season two of The Resistance premieres, um, that's right around the right time for an episode nine tie-in as well. Mm-hmm. Think about, when did when did season one start? Was it October? October, yeah. So, and uh, episode nine is set in, sorry, set to release in what, December, right? December. Yes. Okay. So, you okay. kick off the show in October, and it picks up, and the first... Call it six to eight episodes are probably set between basically where we are now and uh, maybe a little bit after the end of episode eight. Um, and then you can start as episode nine comes out, you can start doing tie ins. You can start mm-hmm. explaining little pieces of, you know, whatever you I, want to. I like think this. we see episode nine tie ins after the mid season premiere. So that people yeah. have a chance to go to the theater. Sorry, Pete. I, uh, I'm, I'm just I'm always going to be. A little skeptical because just based on the production timelines, they have to work so far in advance of the movie production timeline that I don't know how much we're going to get episode nine tie-in even in mm-hmm. the latter half of next season. I think it's going to be very That's a good point, very kind of like just minor in terms of tie-ins. But I could be wrong. Kind of like I Rebels just, and I'm, Rogue I'm One. a little skeptical about that. The the one thing I'm because you are right that I'm not accounting for uh, the lead time as well. The one thing I'm curious about now though is i seem to recall that like and william i think we talked about this when the show was first coming out the animation style and resistance is also a lot simpler and cheaper to create compared Mm. to rebels right right and clone wars yeah and clone wars um which is one of the reasons they moved to this model in the first place is it was a slightly easier and cheaper show to produce and would that also cut down on the amount of time they need in order to put it together that's where i i don't really know Potentially, it it depends on production. Yeah. I mean, you you have to look at it depends on how long it takes them in a week to an or how many weeks to animate an episode. And it is true if they don't have that much detail on a character with this simple shader, this this looks like tune shader, then it the production timeline could be cut down enough. But I don't think it's going to be enough to where it can tie in with episode nine. There might be some flashes but nothing that will tie directly into episode nine uh, i guess i'm just being hopeful <laughs> that's well, okay it, it it also depends on how much of a gap they're taking between eight and nine because if they're taking a big gap there's a lot of storytelling space in there that's good and so you may not want to yeah. jump right to nine with stuff in the series when you could start fleshing out a little bit more what's going on after eight and in that time period between i know nobody really knows but there's been rumors that it might be 
you know, a year or something. Um, yeah, because I keep I keep thinking it's pretty much a lock that we're going to end up seeing Snap and that whole that whole squadron crew at yeah. the, in the series at some point. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine so, right? Because even Leia says, "Come, meet, come, meet up with us." Yeah, um, yeah. So Here's I, the coordinates when you get a chance. Yeah, so I I really hope they spend a lot of season two actually working with the resistance. And I yeah. think we'll see him maybe tie into episode uh, into the last Jedi um, uh, a bit more potentially. Um, so there's probably an episode where Kaz goes to uh, why am I blanking the name of the planet? The casino planet. Canto uh, bite. Thank you. Yeah. There. We'll probably have an episode set there. <laughs> Loses a little bit. Yeah. Anyway. After the Favier's uh, ran amok. Who knows? Yeah. See? <laughs> anyway, so back on this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we got to get back to, uh, I mean, to nice to Doza's tower where you actually see Jaeger and Doza thrown in the same cell. Yeah. It seems like you don't, you're not supposed to keep people in the same cell, right? That seems like a poor choice. Maybe they just well, have limited space. They, you know, they've arrested all the other residents too. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, it doesn't take much to get arrested. So they, yeah, they might be running out of room. Overpopulation in be. the cell in the cell blocks. <laughs> Plus, it also makes it easier for Kaz when he decides to put his plan to rescue Tam and Jaeger from Doza's tower. That if they're in this, well, he would get Doza as well. Yeah, but it's easy for him to get them to escape, so they can get a shuttle and basically hijack it to get to Hasnian Prime, which is a and great really idea. Thinks, <laughs> yeah, but but th- does he really think he's going to get his father's help after what we saw in the first episode? Well, I think the idea is at this point, the uh, first order started making such uh, aggressive moves that he's got to figure that they're you know the new republic has to listen now, right? Right. Yeah, uh, but unless without, uh, the new republic evidence? doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah. The thing that cracks me up—it's just—it's so heartbreaking. Be like, yeah, we'll just get to Hosnian Prime and we'll get get some help. It'll all be fine. And then the area is like, it wasn't going to be fine. No. no. And even even Niku, he, he's still like, he, in the last episode, he couldn't get it through his head that he was a he was a uh, that Kaz was a spy. In this one, he still can't get through his head that Kaz is the son of a senator. And, uh, and he's like, next you're gonna tell me that you grew up exceedingly wealthy, and Kaz is just like. Um, let's let's talk later. <laughs> yeah, that actually was kind of funny to see. Yeah, but you know, Niku's kind of the, the heart of the show, and while Kaz originally wanted to just rescue heart his is a friend, strong word. He, he is. He's a little bit too much of a heart, maybe. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I'll but I'll uh, allow that you know, he he he's the one who says, "Well, what about the rest of the residents?" Right. Right. When Kaz just wants to rescue Tam and Yeager. Um, Niku suggests, well, maybe they should try to figure out how to rescue everyone else as well. And I think that's why, I think that will be the impetus for trying to clear out the station and just fly it out of there so they, they can mm-hmm. actually rescue everyone. So there, at some point, there's definitely going to be a line which is like, there's nowhere on this planet the First Order can find us or won't find us. We'll find now I'm confusing myself. There's nowhere it's on this okay. planet where the First Order can't so. find us. I'll be like, wait, on this planet? And then they take off and then go to space and it's perfect, right? That is that is the move, I'm pretty sure. Well, we'll have to find out next uh, episode. <sighs> I know. And got to wait a whole week. and Got to wait a whole week for not, it. It's not fair. No. Yeah. I love how they yeah. actually got the Chila Day involved, though, uh, this, this time. Uh, also known as the Shell Folk. Um, I'm liking them more and more. They're really I cool. Really yeah, I, I, I like, and I, and it's nice that they were actually helping with the, the attack on the control room. Um, you know where the the, the trooper CS two two seven just kind of walks out in the hallway to talk to the Chila Day, and uh, while while they're chatting, they you know they knock them out, and uh, can use that as a distraction to get the rest of the troopers out of the room. And it's funny how they appear to be so slow, but they appear almost like at the snap of the finger. (laughs) It's amazing. They're kind of like Yoda, you know, they just like, (laughs) (laughs) they're very, they're very slow until they pull out their lightsaber and then you don't know what happens. Yeah. 
no one's no one's in their little engineering compartment. They're like break dancing and having a grand old time. And all of a sudden, someone comes. They just yeah, slow only, like, only those two kids see the real chill of day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it. Um, but did, didn't that scene kind of remind you just a little bit of episode four, where you had um, Han and Luke and Chewbacca? I'm sorry, not Han. At the um, where it was R2-D2 and C-3PO when they finally get in, the stormtroopers finally come into that uh, where they were hiding. It kind of it had that little feel to it mm-hmm. for me. I liked N- it. Niku was even using the same type of comlink, which was a nice Yeah, touch. he was. That's a neat detail. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. Um, and does this mean that, I just have a question, does this mean that the uh, Blowfish are now canon? I think so, because we have Blowfish 1 and Blowfish 2 as the uh, as Kaz and Niku's code names. <laughs> Interesting. I like their little debate about whether or not to use the code names and uh-huh. how how much Kaz didn't like it and <laughs> eventually comes around. <laughs> oh, I just I appreciated the blowfish, you're awesome. And then Niku's yeah. like Niku is very hit or miss for me. I was like, yeah. do you mean Blowfish One is awesome, in which case you're complimenting me, or do you mean Blowfish Two is awesome? In which case you're complimenting you. Right. <laughs> Niku, oh just just stop. But I, I, I do feel like Niku's gotten a little less over the top in the last few yes. episodes. Yeah. He's still a little yeah. crazy, um, but not as 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 extreme. Can can you say can you say he's now if he's over the top, but he's over the top with heart? That would I think you can say that. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah think, it's go ahead, Pete. I was just gonna say when Nico is working best for me, it's when he's sort of like the G-rated version of Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yes. where he's he's yes. literal, but like he's much more good-natured and sort of innocent and pure. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love that when when Kaz like that. Sometimes he can go overboard though, and it's like, okay, whoa, dude, come on, come on back, <laughs> chill just a little. <laughs> I, I I think this one this one was written very well with him. Yeah. It was it was good writing for him. Yeah, but Tom, I know your favorite part of the episode was Absolutely. when you know they're uh, Kaza is and CB twenty three are swimming through the water and um and, and eventually get pursued by some some stormtroopers. But we get a nice little actually get a couple couple little scenes with your favorite character on the mm-hmm. show. Now his 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 name actually Al. It is yeah we find nice. I, I don't think he's ever been named before, but um. Uh, but he he was, or or maybe we missed it. But he was in this episode. Well, if you go by the um, Paul Simon song, you can always call me Al. <laughs> but he's the he's the old man at the cantina who's always, you know, st- sitting there sipping his drink. And uh, I I really love I love that. He's starting to have... question that drink a little bit. This episode, yeah, he was. <laughs> I was going to say that would be me if I was sitting there looking out a window and I see a droid pulling a kid behind him. I'd be questioning that too, but I'd also be like, "Did you check out those stormtroopers in those scuba outfits? That was pretty cool." Well, he almost cool design. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, I, and I think we'll get back to the troopers in just a second. But the 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 second moment where they they come back and they're being pursued by the scuba troopers. Yeah, and and Al again, like he 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 looks he he grabs a new drink and says come to papa and then he he sees the cas and the stormtroopers and he he looks into his drink and he's like i think i'm good <laughs> right yeah back. you know what would have been really funny if he sat there watched him go by he looks at the drink and he goes uh, i think i'm gonna go home and rethink my life <laughs> and then just walks off <laughs> that would have been very funny that's next episode Okay, but we we want more Al. I think I think that's definitely, definitely. yeah. I'll vote. I'll vote for that. Yeah, yeah more Al and actually we need the Al and Opie Pit uh, comedy duo. <laughs> yes, that's the next series they're going to announce at Celebration, right? Right. <laughs> kind of, just, kind of like just, a uh, midday sitcom almost <laughs> telenovela with uh, Al and Opie Pit. Uh, Opie Pit would be perfect as style. the bartender because. Oh, Pepe would be perfect as a bartender because he's always wiping down something. Since he doesn't have his little floor thing anymore, he's always going to be wiping down the bar. Poor guy. And then, you know, Al spills the drink on the bar and they get in an argument and then they look at each other like, oh, you. And that's it's a perfect show. Yep. And I mean, if it's not being announced, we definitely need to pitch this. I mean, I, I hope we get justice for OP Pit 
in the next episode. Oh, I hope so. Well, okay. If we want to talk about justice, we need to talk about BB-8. Or sorry, BB-8. Excuse yes, me. Yes, BB-8. You know, we've been for episodes. We've been waiting for him to get his comeuppance, and uh, he finally gets it. He got wrecked. Yeah. The second big droid battle of our episode. Yeah, but why did it have to be an elevator shaft, man? I would like to have seen him just go into the ocean and just. But then again, if he was anything like CB twenty three, he'd be able to um, probably be a little scooter. So yeah, that probably wouldn't. So real question now: Do we think BB Hate's going to kind of pull a Darth Maul and show up in uh, the next show or next season with robot legs this time? (laughs) Will they work the other way and he shows up with human legs? I'm not. I'm not entirely clear on how that so piece works. The, the one thing I'm trying to figure out is, is this the same exact BB-9E unit? Um, or is it a, a series as one, of... Multiple? The same as in the one on uh, <clears throat> Starkiller Base? Sorry, uh, well, that's a good question. Is it... Well, we, so they've never named the droid. I've been looking for it, but they've never mm-hmm. named this BB unit, the the evil BB unit. And it's, it's not clear if it's... Um, if it's the same droid as in the film or even just amongst the series, is it the same mm-hmm. exact droid or do they have a bunch of these? That's why we've just been nicknaming him BB hate right now. Um, That's a good question. I would imagine there's going to be many different models of the same hateful droid. Yeah. I did like the little details on it though. When like, you know, uh, BB hate, uh, this is you know a bit later in the episode, but BB hate spots, um, uh, um, Kaz and, and Tora when, Buggles brings Kaz to her and starts, um, and he starts like sounding this, this alarm. And that's why CB23 goes after him. And he ac- you actually see CB23 destroy the speaker on like the main ball unit, mm-hmm. um, which is mm-hmm. like, and you could see the detail on it as, as the speaker was destroyed, which I really appreciated. Uh, and then later on as well, when he, when he shatters BB Hate's photoreceptor. Um, and then you get that shot through BB-8's eyes. Um, uh, you know, it's like all fuzzy and, and unclear. It's really, really cool looking. Yeah, was, I like I like the part before that when the when he sounded the alarm and you could see the little the photoreceptor the red and it was like throbbing with the alarm. That was pretty cool oh, too. Oh, I missed that detail. That's really yeah. cool. That's really really yeah, cool. I missed that one too. Yeah. Uh, and we also get a nice reference back to secrets and holograms with the incinerator. Thankfully, the system is offline today, so they can they can use it. Although they never mm-hmm. actually <laughs> they never actually get that far. <laughs> but uh, but before we, we we get to that, we're gonna, let's let's um, come back real pre- briefly. And and I, w- I wanted to finish talking about the this, these awesome scuba troopers and their that fight scene in the the corridor. Um, which was really, really neat. Tom, what, what, what did you think of that? The, the fight scene um, in the corridor? Well, I thought it was really cool. I think I, I think there's going to be a brand new action figure coming out pretty soon of the scuba troopers. Um, so at some point, uh, check your local toy stores. I doubt it, but what the heck? Um, we can hope. Yeah, we can hope. It was pretty cool. Um, I, you know, Kaz really needs to, figure out how to either fight or use a blaster or something. But hey, he was able to do something in that fight. I don't know. I I, I was I was just more enamored by it. that was a pretty cool stormtrooper they came up with. It was just like, you know, the the, the fact that they were swimming through the tunnels to like just just even seeing a a Colossus corridor completely filled with water and then you know, Niku, of course, is being somewhat incompetent and that's like randomly pressing buttons. Um, but that was also that also had the reminder of the trash compactor scene from episode four where you had C3PO going, you know, because here's Kaz trying to say, do this, do this. And Niku's just like, you know, do this, do this on the other side. So, but you still didn't get the, you know, oh my goodness, look at them, R2. I mean, listen to them, R2. That, that didn't happen. No, no. Instead, uh, we get, you know, the things going haywire all throughout the the Colossus and the power going on mm-hmm. and off and doors opening, closing and fans spinning radars, tr- turning all that, all that fun which, stuff. But. Which was interesting because when you saw that happen, the Colossus at that point, because everybody was in their domiciles was pretty empty. 
Because there was really nobody around at that point. Well, I think, don't they say earlier in the episode that yeah. all, uh, everyone's being confined to their quarters as well? Yeah, yeah. that's true. And, and that really is- gave you the feeling that everybody was confined to their, their rooms, other than the people who were involved in the fight. Right. Well, especially in this case, I mean, the, the corridor was completely filled with water, and it wasn't until uh, Niku um, uh, pressurized it that the, you know, the, the stormtroopers are basically, the scuba troopers are basically sucked out of the corridor and... Um, uh, and and back out into the into the ocean, and thankfully, uh, CB twenty three manages to catch Kaz before he he goes up. I just thought the whole the whole fight scene was just really cool. Uh, under uh, a n- nice underwater hand to hand combat fight scene. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I thought it, I, I agree with Tom that I love the design of this the troopers, and it was actually kind of neat to see their blasters working underwater too. Yes, mm-hmm. that's yeah. I didn't. My initial reaction was like, I'm not. Ch- does that work? And I was thinking about it more. And I was like, well, I guess like we did get like in the Clone Wars 2D mm-hmm. series, there's that whole underwater battle sequence. And yeah, I guess it works. Okay. I'll allow it. Now, did I and, see the design correctly where it looked like the stormtroopers still had their helmets on, but they had a helmet on top of that. That was glass that was lit up. Cause yeah. I, I, that's what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. I that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. But it must be like a very sleek, outer helmet to because yeah. it didn't look like their heads were huge or anything no but it was it was still pretty cool they had that kind of design yeah. i just like that they had a like new stormtrooper design at all like i feel like it's not something we normally get in the animated series like it's normally a thing that's reserved from you know new movies and things like that and to have it be like oh this is just part of the episode was well really really neat and you also have to look at it from the rebels and clone wars point of view you almost had like especially clone wars you had troopers left and right that were of different designs different armor rebels probably had a couple different ones i think for resistance right now this was you know other than a different color pyre or um the the guy who's red and flies um, this was really, when it comes to the stormtroopers, a first new design in the series. Yeah, just it was very well done. Yeah, it is, and even the even the music. Uh, once they finally succeeded, and and the stormtroopers were gone, um, with those scuba troopers, we got this nice, lighthearted but kind of subtle version of the resistance theme, which I, uh, which was nice. Um, so they did a good job with the music too. I think it's it's kind of moving away from just that MIDI. Or you know, uh, old video game style soundtrack, and into um, something with a little more nuance, which I appreciate. So, so would you say because the music is changing, the storyline is changing, and the basically the the show's kind of hit a high point, that it's now an older target audience they've shifted the show to instead of when it first no. came out. I think it's the same yeah. target audience. It's just they've they've finally found their groove. I would say. I I'm I'm going to argue that that. It probably is skewing a little, I'm not saying a lot older, but I think it's skewing just a little bit older now because how it's going to be tied into what we've seen so far in episodes seven and eight, that I think it's skewing that little bit older. I think you're right that I don't think it's getting far enough away from its target audience, but I think it's getting to the point to where now the target audience can watch it along with the parents instead of just being ga- geared toward just the target audience. Oh, more, this is what like more Pixar Rebels. than Dora or something, you know? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. <laughs> but if you were going to say something about Dora, it's it's more Pixar than Dora. <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, Stephen. You were going to say something. No, I was just like I. It feels to me more like they found the what I consider like the classic Star Wars voice, which is right. and like Rebels especially went through this, I think, in its first season. Like, what is the right balance you're trying to strike between, you know, a show that like is trying to grab in a younger audience and like how do you keep people who are like been around a little bit longer mm-hmm. uh, invested? Right. Um, and they've they've definitely like figured out the mix or they've got to the story to the point where they feel like they can take some more risks isn't the right word, but you know. They've gone there, and it—it's a much better show for it. Okay. One of the 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 scenes I found most odd in this episode um, was the the one in in Flix and Orca's shop because Cass yeah. goes there looking for weapons. But as much as I hate to say it, there wasn't like that's one of those scenes that probably could have been left on the editing room floor. I actually kind of liked that scene. <laughs> I, I, it's like, I enjoyed it, but. 
it, it seemed like it had no place in the episode. Yeah, uh, Pete, go ahead. Yeah, Pete, I, I think what they're doing is they're just dropping it to, to remind the guys that these guys are still on the station. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, so when they show up again, either next episode or more likely next season, there's a reason that you, oh, they're they're still on the station. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was kind of their little moment of comedy. Maybe they were trying to get a little comedic relief in between the drama for the younger kids because mm-hmm. um, they knew it was going to get a little more intense as the episode went on. Yeah, and I like the thing that. Honestly, it kind of works for me because it's like Niku's uh, kind of humor gets old a little bit quickly for me. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps not surprisingly, but like, I don't know. I, I just found this sequence funny when they're just hiding in a box like, mm, we have this idea. We're going we're gonna to get shipped out. It, it's going to work. And Kat's been like, oh, it's, you know, they're, we're underwater. And they're like, nah. Yeah. Yeah. But and I don't and know. on top of that, they didn't even believe that Kaz was going to be able to liberate the station. No. Well, yeah. I was like, they were just hiding in a box for days they had waiting the food. for someone to like for the delivery service to just pick them up like i don't know like take the box to the shipyard or something or i, I don't know it's, it's kind of and, funny and, that they and, and on top of that don't that you think long. the first order would probably have scanned the box to see if there were any life forms on yeah, board just before before shipping it off the talavar yeah to see flicks mother but but, you know, for them, it was a do decent you, little plan. Do you think the address label says to Flix's mother? Yes. Oh, that would be funny. I mean, I I, I have to assume it is. Lo- location, Talavar. Yeah. <laughs> just, I don't know. No specifics. Just I did. Plan. I did. Yes. To be fair, I did like the scene. I just it felt somewhat out of place given everything else going on. And and like it didn't didn't really the it, it, Kaz didn't come away with anything um so i don't know it just felt a bit odd but um that is fair yeah yeah also i you know we, we like to say that kaz is improving and i think he is for the most part but he kind of slipped back into his old ways a bit in the scene near the end where they're you know there's they're running through the kaz and tam are running through doza tower and they run straight into a stormtrooper and Kaz grabs the gun from the trooper, which is good, but then forgets mm-hmm. to turn it around, keep, keeps pointing it at himself and tells the stormtrooper to, to freeze. Uh, but look, he, it's all because he wanted to kind of do a little bit of a flourish and do a flip with the gun and, you know, it worked. That's he wanted it. to impress Tora. Think of it yeah, that way. Yeah. That's all it was. He's like, no, you halt. And he's pointing at himself. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it Tora that uh, said wrong end? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh boy! But uh, the 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 big the big moment of the episode is when you know finally after they take down that that trooper and 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 hide, hide him in a room, they uh, they round a corner heading toward the turbo lifts, and they see a group of stormtroopers gathering to watch a transmission from Starkiller Base. This, see, I just I, this is I'd almost call it like this is what a trailer done right looks does like. This is obviously a sequence we we see in the trailer. We know from episode seven what's going to happen, and I just I love that throughout this entire episode we're like, even honestly for the last like four or five episodes, mm-hmm. it's just this big question of, oh man, when, are, when is it going to happen? Yeah, is it going to happen now? Is it going to happen now? What about now? Right, <laughs> and just like, and then you start hearing little hints of like, oh yeah, they're calling us all in. We got some transmissions coming through. Like, oh, it's happening, finally. Yeah, it's the so, moment we've been we've been waiting for, and um, it, it's kind of cool to see the you know the, the General Hux's famous speech from the Force Awakens in animated form. I don't mm-hmm. think Hux looks as good in this show. No, no, and I I also think when it came to and, and th- this wasn't a big thing, but it, when it came to matching his intensity during the speech, it was not pulled off. But you can give it. You, you can give it a pass mm-hmm. because they were watching it on, you know, by by whatever it was, by, by way of transmission. But, yeah, I think it was still powerful. It was still impactful. But, and it was still, you know, Dunholm Gleason who did it. So, you know, it worked still very well. I don't think he actually came... I don't think no, Dom- I think it's probably just his speech from episode yeah, 8. I don't think seven. he actually I, voiced anything new yeah. for the show. <laughs> I was curious no. if they're like, did, 
Look, we need you to come back in. Just no, they, say the same thing before. <laughs> I, I think it's just rip rip the audio. Go get the right. audio track. Doom, done. Yeah. You know, boom. But uh, the interesting thing here is that, um, you know, in, in typically in films, right, when we see something happen, we're not assuming that there's like a, there's not a literal in-universe camera um, right. recording this. And we know that General Hux was, uh, you know, talking to the, the, uh, you know, the amassed legions of the First Order, right? So it makes sense there would be a, a camera there. But we actually find out is, there, you know, there's a camera. The cameras, the shots of, you know, the, uh, the Starkiller base's, um, uh, you know, attack going through space and eventually hitting Hosnian Prime, you know, we just assume those are... Um, uh, In-universe cameras? Well, no, we just assume that they're the, or, the, 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 the invisible camera designed for the viewer. To see yeah. what happens, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, and in in this one, ahead, we Nate. actually see those same shots on, uh, you know, Kazga gets to see those same shots, right? Um, uh, and we see an animated version of it, which one is cool, and two indicates that the First Order actually had these these cameras, I guess, set up to record this and broadcast it around the galaxy, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah it make like the one shot, the uh, Star Killer base firing shot. It's possible to explain away in universe because we had Kylo on the ship outside of the base mm-hmm. watching when the blast went off, right? Right. Or how right, far yeah. away was he? No, because he sees he the was, initial blast. Yeah, yeah, he saw it. But they they must have had probes or some kind of scout ship, like a recon, their version of like a recon X wing, basically. To record it to make sure it worked, or to either for just for propaganda purposes, because they're going to want the videotape of it happening to use. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that there's just a guy in a ship talking. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, uh, li- aim a little bit to the left. Little, little <laughs> oh yeah, you got it. Good job. Nice job. Camera one, ready for uh, Star Killer base blast. Uh, where, yeah. Wait, and, wait. And the, hit, camera, hit the camera's out of battery. Guys, hang on. Just hold up, like two seconds. Let me switch battery. Uh, okay, we're good. And cut and the camera the two, two in three. I, I actually <laughs> like the way they shot it in animation in terms of the planets being hit this mm-hmm. time better than in the film. I thought it looked really cool how they cracked, mm-hmm. but I kind of, I was missing like the ships and all the little stuff in the systems as well. Yeah. yeah that was my only critique of that. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, there obviously, some you know, the scout ships couldn't get close to the Republic <laughs> fleet, so it makes, didn't realize it makes sense. Those, right? And those ships would be so small from the distance. That scout yeah. ship had to be far away. They, they, they would even be. You wouldn't even see a glint no, of no, a star. No, no, they didn't actually back. have. Sorry, I, I just realized they didn't actually have a scout ship out there. It was a. Um, uh, it, it was they just just Bombat? they animated they, they they digitally rendered, um, the uh, uh, the whole shot. Um, <laughs> Wait, so you're saying it was all fake? Yeah. Oh. It was like an animatic, you know, or just uh, like the moon landing. Exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, well, you know, like you know, a lot of a lot of we- you know, like the Weather Channel now will have like you know, here's this big you know storm, right? And they just ha- like animate it, and it looks pretty real, and you know. <laughs> well, apparently their uh, animatic is good enough that um, who? What road were they talking to? Was it CB twenty three? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but like they're able to identify these specific. Uh, uh, planetary system that they're targeting based on the animatic. So I think yeah. that's done really well. Like y- you can tell, Kaz he kind of knew in his in his. Oh gut yeah, he knew what was yeah. happening, but he still asked CB twenty three to confirm, and just the acting was. Christopher Sean was was very good when we see, you know, when Kaz finally realizes that it's it's his home planet and his parents are 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 gone. Hmm. Um, and his, didn't he say his sister as well? No. I thought he said, how do you mean sibling? His home. Yeah, his home. Yeah, I don't think he oh. has a sister. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't but, remember him saying anything about his sister. Yeah, he I says, no, that can't them. be my parents, my home. And uh, you can just see how horrified he is at the, the might of the First Order. Um, and then that's the end of the episode. Waiting for the second part. Yes. Yeah, ends very ominously, but we finally got the big moment, which was, which was really nice. We've been yeah, waiting for right. it a long time, and now who knows what'll happen in the, in the in the second episode. 
Well, it's the springboard to second season. So we'll get some kind of hints going into you guys when you go to celebration. We'll probably get even more hints and probably a premiere date at that time, hopefully. Is but season two confirmed? Yes. I'm trying I to remember. That, yes. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember if that had been they had done that yet. Yeah, I think they did it very early, very early on in this. I wouldn't be surprised though if it's like a two, maybe three season show though. Uh, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Because it all depends on what they have planned after mm-hmm. episode nine. Because you know, if, if the Skywalker saga technically is ending with episode nine then what's going to happen, you know, resistance can be whatever, but what's going to be your main villain after that point? And will this carry into that? Or is this basically it? Yeah. So, or maybe they move it to Disney plus and it continues. I don't know. Um, cause or they Disney plus is the series going to help promote stuff for galaxy's edge and rise of resistance. And yeah, just keep it going. That that's true. Yeah. There's many possibilities, many possibilities they could do with the show. Yeah, I'm I'm just excited to see how it all comes together in next week because it's it's they I feel like they've really turned a corner and I'm I'm actually I hate to say it, I'm like looking forward to the next episode. Mm-hmm. You whereas hate before, to say that you're looking forward to an episode? That's not you're allowed where, to say Whereas that before I was okay. like, okay, you know, like it's it's enjoyable to watch. Right. Now, now I'm like, oh, I, can't, I actually really want to see what happens next. Like, I'm excited. I'm, well, you know, and it's been like that it, for a couple of weeks, and it's it's so it's so refreshing. I'm because really it left you with a great cliffhanger. You want to know at this point how it's going to end. Yeah. Done. Which technically it's not going to end. It would be a new beginning at this point. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I think at this point we might as well get on to our ratings. Yeah. Seems reasonable. What would yeah. you rate this episode? Um, I, I'm giving this episode a flat out nine. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I've said enough within the episode, so I think I'm just going to get to my Womp Rats because I have the perfect idea for my Womp Rats before somebody steals them. <laughs> <laughs> so my nine Womp Rats, we were debating on how were the cameras set at the perfect angle to catch the destruction of Hosnian Prime. Well, it was those nine Womp Rats who were actually operating miniature cameras that were focused on the planet because you know Womp Rats are expendable. So when the planet or the system was destroyed, so too would be the Womp Rats. So my nine Womp Rats were the ones that were actually filming the destruction of Hosnian Prime. Very nice. Poor Womp Rats. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, it's that 10th guy who was actually in the production truck that was running all the switches, so he lucked out. (laughs) That's good, that's good. Steven? Yeah. Uh, so I'm also gonna give it a nine out of ten. Uh, just a solid episode, and even the scenes where it's like ah, like that Niku line didn't fell a little flat or was a little obvious. Like it is, it's found its niche and it's it it works. Like it just did a great job, and you know maybe it's because I'm a little twisted, but I just, I love the dark ending of Kaz finding things out and like this moment where the show is like oh yeah, we are gonna go there and like. This is about to get serious and very, mm-hmm. very dire for our heroes. Uh, and my nine Womp Rats are actually saying, so, you know, Al's sitting in the bar. He starts to take <laughs> his drink. He looks up. And he sees Kaz swimming with uh, CB. And he's like, oh, that's weird. Puts it down. Gets a refill. Sees Ka- him being chased by a stormtrooper. And he's like, oh, that's wow. And he goes back for it. He's like, no, there's I'm just imagining things. And he goes back for a third drink. And then what does he see? Nine Womp Rats just swimming around outside in the ocean. <laughs> And he is very, <laughs> very confused by it. Alan needs and to put down the glass. And then they go off screen. We're cutting Al off. Yeah. That's, that was yeah, the moment. Last call, Al. Oh, boy. That's great. Hey, Pete, why don't you go next? All right. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure I fi- uh, follow that, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm i going to stay consistent, guys. And I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it nine Womp Rats as well. And... Unfortunately, my Womp Rats are First Order Sympathizers, and they they actually went to the bottom of the shaft to cushion BB Hate's fall. And oh. so he will return. They saved his life, and he's going to be back. Oh, oh. nice. And they nice. were flattened in the process, so at least at least there was some satisfaction in that. We're not going to talk about that. It's a kid's okay. show. That's okay. That's true. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, Man, I was gonna last? kick my nine womp rats down the uh, my womp rats down the shaft, down the uh, the turbo lift shaft, but 
Not just now they're just gonna they're gonna land on a nice cushiony set of womp rats down below. So that's that's a little less exciting. So instead, uh, you know, I, I think I'm gonna make it unanimous. I'm gonna give it nine as well. Um, great great episode. Um, <clears throat> finally finally got the big moment with Starkiller Base, and I think now they can kind of go anywhere. We knew the Starkiller Base moment was gonna happen based on the trailer. Mm. Um, and there's some other scenes in the trailer, too, that we haven't seen yet. We'll go over those in, in just a moment. But for now, they can kind of take the show anywhere. And I, I think we'll go into space. I think we'll get uh, Tam on the other side. By the way, I don't know if you noticed, uh, Agent Tierney always calls Tam Tamara. Uh, her full name. Uh, it's just interesting. Um, I like she tries that. to connect with her. Yeah, notice that. Um, but no, so uh, I think my, my nine Womp Rats... Um, you know, there's, yeah, you know, uh, the nine Womp Rats, I'm just going to pack them in with Flix and Orca in the, in the crate. <laughs> Getting cramped in there. It is, but at least they have food, you know, if, but, they, if they run out of their provisions, they can turn to the Womp Rats. That crate or the Womp Rats can turn to them, though. one of the two. Yeah, they had a lot of room in that crate. So. Yeah. I guess there's room. So Flix and yeah, Orca I'm... and... Nine Womp Rats. I, I'm I just pretty hope sure they had a refresher in there. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking if the Womp Rats are in there, hopefully they have days. some kind of microwave in the corner because if they get hungry after they're eating all their little power bars in there, they've got a microwave for the Womp Rats. So there has to be some kind of something in there. Days in that crate. Yeah. Days. Ugh. And they expect many more. Yeah. They're crazy. They're crazy. Um, <laughs> but coming up on Ion Cannon, we have... Resistance Season 1, Episode 21, No Escape, Part 2. It is the season finale of Resistance. With Niku's help, Kaz comes up with a risky plan to rid the Colossus of the First Order once and for all. Um, you know, I, I actually went back through the the trailer, and there's a couple scenes we haven't seen yet. Um, there's a, a cool moment where these ties are facing off against Kaz, Tora, and Yeager as these ha- hangar doors open. Um... You know, Niku firing up the hyperdrive. I think there's no surprise there. I think we'll still get some Kragan gore and pirates and aces facing off against the First Order. Yeah. So there's um, yeah. some really cool stuff. Also, the Colossus enveloped in a huge ball of light. I'm not sure what that mm. means. Hyperspace, mm. maybe? Yeah. Could be. It's in the water, uh, though. It looked like an explosion. Uh, uh, interesting. I'm- well, I just want to mention he- that there is apparently there is a commercial out there floating around because Jonah Marie posted it. That apparently has some spoilers oh. more than what we saw in the in the the season second half of the season trailer. So oh okay. Oh. Well, if you want spoilers, go check it out. If you don't want spoilers, watch out. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's, there's some cool other moments too. Um, something with I think a huge wave of water as well uh, following Castor and a couple stormtroopers. So maybe they flood the station to get them out. I'm not really sure, but. So much speculation. We'll see. So much speculation. I'm excited. Only a couple days, and uh, we will know. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. But um, Pete, we want to thank you so much for joining us this this week. It was fun to have you back on on, Talk Resistance. No problem. It's great to be on with you guys always. So Uh, we appreciate you always joining us. Uh, Do you want to tell listeners where they can find you and your your uh, excellent tweets and coverage? Uh, well, I'm the the coverage is slowed down a little bit, but I'm going to be covering once this the series gets up and running. I'm going to be covering the Mandalorian series uh, on my website, MandalorianWars.com. So stay tuned for that once we get Disney Plus up and running and we get a little closer to that release. Um, and of course, I'll be talking about anything that comes out of celebration for that. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Story Pete. Some Star Wars, current events, all kinds of different stuff. Um, Come check it out. If you like it, stay. If not, you know, Garrett, <laughs> don't follow me. So that's all I got to say about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, we, we love having you on. And man, I'm excited about the Mandalorian. And I'm sure you are so am I. as well. Yeah. Uh, since you have the whole, the whole site. <laughs> but, uh, any, any, any thoughts on the Mandalorian before we, before we wrap? Any, uh, any? Excited by the, the tiny, tiniest of look we got. Um, big fan of Favreau's work. 
Um, and really intrigued by the cast, which is kind of uh, eclectic and very talented. So mm-hmm. really interested to see what they have once we uh, get a little bit more of a flavor for what the series is going to be. Yeah. And the list of directors, and especially Dave Filoni directing the season premiere, sounds so cool. So we're totally getting Ahsoka in the first episode, right? Is that, <laughs> that, is oh, that confirmed I mean, as well? Should I mean, be, right? Yeah. I, I would think Ahsoka and maybe Sabine Wren, too. We never know. Yeah, totally. That'll be awesome. Be awesome. <laughs> I cannot wait. Man, it's We're going to have so much content coming out. It's great. I'm excited. So a little scared, but... <laughs> well, yeah, but look at it this way. Another 10 years, guys. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, thank you again, uh, Pete. And uh, we will be back next week with our review of the season finale of Resistance. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.